Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Yannick Ngakwe just limped off the field for the Bears. This one is intercepted by Chicago. And Kyler Gordon. Justin Jones was bobbling it. And Gordon came away with it. The Bears have been really good, but they finally, you let a team hang around long enough, they're going to put a drive together and put themselves back in the game. Gordon went back to the sideline. Brisker's over there, too. End zone! Touchdown! They're going to let it tick down. 30-yard try, in essence, to win it for Cairo Santos. Play clock at four. Good snap, good hold, good kick. Bears are back on top with 10 seconds to go. The Bears stayed on top in a 12-10 win over the Vikings in a a pretty hideous Monday night football game that, you know, provided just enough entertainment value in the back end to save us all from uh, truly um, having an agonizing Monday. And it is the Vikings, the team of around the NFL, now looking within, we would imagine, after losing an unlosable game to a Chicago team that was doing everything they could uh, to keep Minnesota in playoff position, and yet here we are. Dan Hansis with Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. Yes, Joshua Dobbs, the patron saint of um, ATN, throws four interceptions in this game, and even two gnarly Justin Fields fumbles in the fourth quarter uh, weren't enough to uh, get Minnesota out of this game. Greggy, there's all sorts of uh, goat horns to be handed out here. Uh, but let's start with the Bears who, you know, get a win when they need one. Matt Eberflus finally has a division win and Justin Fields. I don't know what to take out of the Fields performance. I I want to start with the goat horns. I'm sorry. I, I'm too I'm too caught up in my Vikings um, 
wish fulfillment that they would come through with for us as a team of ATL. And I'm not backing off. We we, we knew it was going to be bumpy. If I even even said when we picked them, if we're picking the better team, like Houston Texans, they're better at football. We got to be in for the ride. But the thing that drives me crazy is on this night with four interceptions from Josh Dobbs. To me, what stands out is the coaching losing its nerve oh in God. the final three minutes. After Justin Fields fumbles that ball, as crazy as this night was going to be, I thought we were going to be celebrating that, wow, it's the night that Josh Dobbs threw four interceptions and they won the game anyways. But then the play calls after that on both sides of the ball were crazy. Kevin O'Connor going run, run, screen pass. He gets one yard, he gets two yards, and he gets a screen to burn all the Bears timeouts when he was calling for fourth and seven plays at midfield earlier, which I didn't mind. He was trying to be aggressive, but to get so conservative in that moment, and you're so far away, you can't even kick a field goal there because the the plays didn't go well, to punt it out of bounds. And then for Brian Flores, (laughs) even more surprising to me, Mark, the blitz master and it had been working all night, suddenly backs off in the final drive for Justin Fields. He's sitting back there patting the ball, and he ends up firing a bullet to DJ Moore up the middle of the field. Only Fields' second throw all night, Mark, to the middle of the field. Second throw over 10 yards. He hits it, and the Bears win. And I do feel like at the very end, the Vikings lost that chutzpah that we love him so much for. Yep, 34-yard completion to DJ Moore and the Bears somehow became, you know, there were 29 teams that have failed to score a touchdown this season. They are the first team to do that <laughs> and win. Uh, it's a weird game. That's kind of like what we're dealing with. And like, I kind of, it's like you, Dobbs is a wonderful story. I, one of the great stories of the season. Tonight doesn't change that. Um, but he's a, he's a deep backup if you really think about it. And like, Oh, We're let's not pull back the, the reins now and call him a deep backup. Well, I mean, it's just that, like, we're asking him to lead the team of ATL, and I love him. I love his personality. I love his energy and his fire. But, like, we're seeing the flaws tonight. And, like, it's it's going to be – it's a rough ride. It's going to be a rough ride because I think what we were introduced to on Thanksgiving was a team in the Green Bay Packers that are like, maybe we're we're awakening. And now you've got this NFC North that's – in flux. And I wonder if the Vikings are heading in a different direction where the Green Bay Packers are heading upwards and not downwards. They have a buy. They're six and six that they're, we can get into their long-term stuff, but they have a buy in their six and six and they, they still have a lot of season. We're going to, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. I, I'm, I'm yeah, the, we can't, we can't bail. We can't, this is the team well, we're around not the bailing. NFL. We're and, not bailing. You know, who's like, not this the is... teammate Cecil, you know, who's not the team of ATL, the Packers. They're not. It's the Vikings. And we need to pull together, not fall apart at this moment. But we can internally, there can be tough love. And Brian Flores, as you're saying, Greggy, that is a man known for his aggressiveness on the football field. That is a man of valor. That is a man of bottomless integrity. Look what's going on in his life beyond just what he does on the sidelines. Look at Justin Fields in the previous two possessions. The man didn't want to win. Well, he wanted to win, but he was incapable of it. He couldn't protect the ball. He was holding the ball all game like he does every week. All you had to do was send the heat, and there was a very good chance Justin Fields was either going to throw one up for grabs, take a gnarly sack to kind of blow the game, or fumble on while being pressured. And to let him off the hook like that, I just couldn't believe it. And Troy Aikman couldn't believe it. 
And yet we can't put everything on floors because, like I said, the goat horns instead of the Viking horns go everywhere. Dobbs obviously is uh, the other big name here. And, you know, you're right. Like, I don't think he maybe he's not a a true QB one. Maybe he's in this like purgatory where he's just a top rate backup or a lower level starter. So a game like this can happen to a player like that. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you're a Vikings fan, you're a little nervous about, you know, is the pixie dust now going to disappear? The good news is, again, as we now, that's internally. That's stuff we talk about inside the house. Outside the house, we get at podcast. Vegas against the Raiders, <laughs> uh, you know, which is a, a, not a not a team. As, they weren't as bad as they were when Josh McDaniels was there, but this is no juggernaut. And then you get the Bengals on, on the road in Cincy, which I would say was deadly if Joe Burrow was still around, but he's not. Uh, before the Lions. So this one hurts a lot, just like the Broncos game hurt last week. Um, but it's not over yet. NFC's wide open. No, their defense, you know, played well for most of the night. Fields came out and and I'm with you. I, I wasn't sure what to make of that game from Fields, other than the Bears should just run the ball more in short yardage situations. I mean, they 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 called a very crazy game too. They went for a fourth and ten early from around midfield. They hit it. Mm -hmm. And they also chose to kick field goals on a fourth and two and fourth and three. And look, points were at a premium and you can look at the final result and say uh, that makes sense. But they weren't running the ball with fields until they really needed to late in the game. And then it worked. And his numbers were great to start. He was 12 for 12 for 100 yards. They had a nice opening script, but everything was line of scrimmage or, or close to it. Everything was to the side. And it was a response to those those blitzes. And it and it worked for a drive that resulted in in no points, and then they got the three points, and then after that it just it wasn't working, and they didn't have a pivot, and they didn't really use him as a, a runner, and uh, I thought our Josh Metellus was brilliant, like the the Vikings defense played really well, but a lot of that, and I know Twitter was is all about Fields, and I like Fields, I think he is an NFL quarterback, I don't think he's a guy you would pass up the number one pick for. Um, but some of those plays were on him. I mean, he misses Mooney when he's trying to scramble to make a play. He makes a bad decision uh, on, on one hot read to, to Mooney. I mean, to uh, Moore where he throws the ball. So he, he was at fault on a lot of these. And then the, the fumbles late were brutal as well. Yeah, he's got seven fourth quarter turnovers this season. I just I don't I think it's OK to have a football game once in a while, even though this was like an island game from like Bezelbob, like where. Like, um, we don't have to have 4,000 takeaways. I'm just to be real. Like I don't, I don't come away from this having like major, like identity, like, uh, like associations with either team. It's like, I'm not, this didn't sell me on Justin Fields. It didn't not sell me on them. The Vikings are who they are. They've got, they're going to try to survive with Dobbs. Um, I think Dobbs will serve, will also rebound next week and be fine. But it's like, I don't, I didn't need to come away with this with like a Russian novel, to be honest. Is that okay? It's just like, I just like, it was a weird game. Um, I think Troy Aikman like identified it as a weird game, like 400 to 500 times tonight. And it is what it was. Like, it's uh, like, cool. Like it happened. It happened. If this were on a Sunday, it would be the eighth or ninth game we talked yeah, about. That was, that was a four. There aren't many four <laughs> interception games this year. That was kind of a meltdown sure. by Dobbs. Anytime he was under pressure, was he was just kind of throwing it up. There was one of the three and four interceptions that, you know, he put a lot of juice on it, but it was essentially a drop by Addison. One of the interceptions was a great play by Jalen Johnson. 
um, you know, the the first one. The other two were were mind numbing, and he could have had one or two more, which is why the four number doesn't even seem unfair. Because at some point he just was losing, like when to give up on a play. Well, so Dan and Mark though are ignoring one of the darker aspects to this contest. Uh, the Lock brothers, who have been historically successful, um, Dan, not a good night for us. Like, I mean, in general, not a good lock season for us. We've nullified it. It doesn't exist in our book, but... Yeah, I want to see how after how, Thanksgiving, you're 0-1. <laughs> I want to see how far we can take this, though. How bad I, can we get? <laughs> every, virtually every favorite one. All you have to do in this lock competition is pick the right team that wins. There's no spread. You just got to pick the right team. The NFL is a very wonky place in 2023, but I, I say that, and then you got old, uh, you know, horseshoe up his Heine Rosenthal over there every week, <laughs> drilling his picks, piping them every week. Um, but there's really nothing to say. It's disgraceful. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I think we're both two games under, and at this point, I've even th- I even thought about it. Like because I'm out of the the lock competition, and I'm not catching Greg. Why don't I just? Go with Greg on every pick the rest of the season. Why don't I just and and at least try to save my uh, uh, my overall career record? No, uh, because don't, obviously don't put that stink on me. I see. Obviously, you know, yeah. You see, you know me well. Um, uh, because obviously uh, the instincts are wrong week after week. But you know, like so many other locks that have failed this year, everything checked out for me before the game. I felt I felt great about this game, and I, sure. I just didn't see. The, I didn't see Dobbs laying in this big an egg, obviously, and and they can, you know, they still have Justin Jefferson. At some point, he's coming back. He's now been out seven weeks. He he, um, is a, he a, has to come back after the buyer. He has to be on their roster. Yeah, and the expectation is they were trying to give him one more week for the. And buy. I don't want and, to totally put everything on Dobbs too, because I thought the offensive line had a bad game uh, for the Vikings. I thought O'Connell. You mentioned uh, how conservative he was when he had they had a chance to salt the game away in the fourth quarter, and he ran it three times. And then he punted, uh, but he, you know, a lot of early down runs that were that just the running game was going nowhere, and it was just in general, I just didn't like uh, the, on both offense and defense, just not an aggressive game by the Vikings. They kind of just let the game play out and thought they could eventually steal it, and you know, they nearly did, but they didn't, and uh, that is one and nine now, Matt Eberflus against the NFC North. That was the lo- longest active division losing streak in the NFL. Uh, so, uh, and it was the Bears longest since the 1970 merger. So you get that monkey off your back. I think Eberflus is just trying to hang around and get another year in Chicago. And I think Fields, the only thing I'll say about Fields, and you're right, Mark, we don't need to give this game too much more because, yes, it was played on an island, but also it deserves to be on a deserted island, is that Fields is going to have to be a lot better uh, in these last five weeks or so uh, to have any chance to stay in Chicago, if he even wants to stay in Chicago. But if this is the type of up and down roller coaster uh, efforts we're going to see the rest of the way, and really, we're, there's no reason to think that won't be the case based on the larger sample size that he's given us at this point. He's probably, you know, playing his final games as a bear, so he has to turn it on. Anything else? Yeah, I think Eberflus, who was 0 9, when I saw that stat, I wasn't aware of that before this game. I thought, oh, this man. This man can't continue to, to coach a team if he's 0-12 <laughs> against the division. I you gotta mean, win. <laughs> through the end of the year. Uh, so I, I tend to think he has a less than, you know, fighter's chance of returning next year. The only chance is to probably go 
four and two in their next six. And and this win is a nice way to even start that beforehand, like to, to, to start winning games and to kind of convince the ownership that it's somehow headed in the right direction. I think Fields is in a similar spot where to me, if they're headed, if the Panthers give them the number one or number two overall pick, Justin Fields has an uphill battle to say I'm more valuable than that guy. Cause you can get a pick for fields. I think he's shown enough that he's going to be an NFL quarterback. Worst case scenario, you're, you're probably getting like a two and a three for field, something like that. And, and you might be able to do better and you want him to do better, but are these the coaches to really lead him that way? Anyways, that's why it always gives a, a certain meaningless feel to a season when you feel like you're building this quarterback, but the coaches aren't probably going to be there anyways. Yeah. Last, I feel like the bears yeah. are in this weird place where like, I, I'm with you where I see a lot in fields, but then like also I could see them easily looking beyond him for someone in the draft if they had that kind of a situation. And it's like with Eberflus, like they have been better over the last, if you look at the last month of the bears, you you can start to see it coming together a little bit. Like, uh, like they've, they've been a better team, but like Eberflus is almost so resistant to giving us any impression of anything special or original or unique about him. Um, I, I don't know what it like some coaches just have this thing where you're like, we could, we could attach ourselves to them and like kind of fall for them in a certain way, whether they're good or bad. Like Eberflus, I just have no concept of what he's doing. That's unique for the bears. And I think that's a problem for a coach in 2023. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that, Mark. And he's one of those guys. And this is a second year, right? Where still, every time I see him on the sideline for a split second, I'm like, Oh, who's that? Oh, Eberflus. Well, he was the guy, remember? He was the guy the, in the coach photo that no one knew the pictures. And he's just like, there's no way that guy's a coach. Um, <laughs> like 10 years from now, we'll be like, what was that guy's name? Oh, now this, is, this feels mean. His defense is coming together a little bit, TJ Edwards, Jalen Johnson. But it's like a lot of these guys aren't going to be there either. Um, the one good thing, Mark, about Monday Night Football, no matter how, how bad the game is, it's a chance to spend three and a half hours with uh, Joe and Troy. Two men who genuinely enjoy each other's company. One of them a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback and uh, I know a longtime Sessler favorite and uh, as good as it gets in terms of uh, color man in the booth. And Buck, who is like his father, um, going to be joining him in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame one day. And uh, I just I think they're heads and shoulders above every other play by play team in the sport right now. And I, they're just throwing that easy cheese. And there was a moment in this game, and I'm glad, and a shout-out to Sean Kelly, one of our great people behind the scenes here, uh, who had the same thought as I did, uh, that after Jalen Johnson dropped, they would be pick six, which was the second week in a row the talented Bears cornerback had came very close to making a game-changing uh, play. Uh, Aikman mentioned, you know, that he was going to uh, – or uh, Aikman was going to mention he was going to catch heat for being critical, and then Buck kind of took us inside uh, what it's like to be in this public a position. I just thought it was fun. Let's listen in. I mentioned the one. He doesn't want to hear about it, I know. He, I mentioned the one that he dropped last week against Detroit that likely wins the game if he makes that play. Detroit scores on the very next play. That's a pick six again. So back-to-back -back weeks, he has an opportunity for a pick six, just unable to make the play. He can't hear you now anyway. No, just, but he's got family. He will just hear about it after and then be mad and probably post something online, and then you'll hear about it for the rest of the week, and then we'll all forget about it. It's 3-0. Barry's <laughs> on top as they go back on offense after a 47-yard punt. I mean, they're just throwing high 90s with a, a big old breaking ball and a, a devastating changeup right now. 
I would say as someone who's, you know, from time to time put things online that I did not intend to, uh, yeah, you just ride it out. You just ride it out. The, the chef's kiss for me there was him saying, and then we'll all forget about it. That That's what puts Joe Buck over the top. He went through all that and then he points out at the very end, like, and it will all be completely meaningless. We'll have no memory of it. And uh, Dan, you, you, you once uh, said, you know, almost hurtfully to me that, that I always want to disagree with everything you are saying. Um, just by re- reflexive nature. So uh, I hope you know how much this means to me is I couldn't agree with you more about your Joe Buck and Troy Aikman take. They This is the be- best broadcast right now, and it's not even close. So I'm looking. All right. Good. Well, see, that makes me feel good as well. And uh, and you're right, Mark. You know, they say the Internet never forgets. But, you know, life goes on. Oh, blah, dee, oh, blah, da. Yes, it does. Take a break, and we will hit some news. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, welcome back. Here is the reporting on Monday morning from Ian Rappaport out of Charlotte. Owner Dave Tepper, Mike, did not want to make this move during the season. It sounded like the preference would be to evaluate after the season. That was the goal, and it is always the goal until and unless you just cannot watch any further. It's a brutal game on Sunday, plenty of mismanagement. Quarterback did not play well. Owner Dave Tepper deciding this morning that Frank Reich would be out less than one season after taking over the Carolina Panthers head coaching duties. And it is once again a coaching search on in Carolina. 
Ah, yes. Uh, Unbelievable. Frank Reich is out after just 11 games, uh, which is, we're talking history. We're talking, uh, he didn't last as long as Urban Meyer. And that guy was the worst. But maybe we should have known it was coming because, uh, as we talked about in the Sunday show, uh, Tepper walked out of the locker room after that loss to the Titans, shook his head and said, It was bad news for Frank Reich, and sure enough, the meeting on Monday went as poorly as imagined. Uh, he leaves after a 1-10 start to the season and no growth from number one overall pick, Bryce Young. And let's face it, Mark, that is ultimately what got Reich canned. It, it's one thing, and I really do think, because Tepper is so, I think, in it, so involved, perhaps overly involved, that you know he's freaking out about the Bryce Young situation down in Houston as well. Like this is this was too big a decision to get wrong, and he is like a CEO uh, has his hands in everything and has decided, man, we got to get this figured out at quarterback. We got to get this team on the right track. So you get rid of the head coach, which is something that he's been known to do since taking over this team. It's a total disaster. Uh, I like. Part of me like just feels for Frank Reich because I think we have enough evidence to tell us that Frank Reich is a good head coach overall. Like I think this was a mess. Um, the roster was a mess. Uh, they put Bryce Young into a tough situation. Uh, their offensive line is a disaster. Uh, I I don't know. I guess for me, I'm like looking at overall at the Tepper um, experience so far. And you know, we talked about it before, Greg. You mentioned like on Sunday Night Show that like the NFL owner that comes in from another life venture where you succeed and you, you know, you play the high roller and you fire people left and right to create the right environment that works in other places. I don't know about those places because I'm not good at other jobs, but I do this job. But like in the NFL, like you're good at this one, Mark, I don't know if I am, but like the, the NFL owner like is going to learn real quick that like this kind of situation where you're still paying Matt Rule's assistance um, at this point. You sign Matt Rule to like an eight-year contract that threw a bunch of other owners like into a tizzy because it was ridiculous. Um, you're now paying, you still are on the hook for $25 million to Frank Reich. Um, the impatience level, um, if you took an overall look at the roster, what were you expecting this season? Like, what are you asking Frank Reich to accomplish? Like, I've been down on Frank Reich. I don't think he did. I don't think he was special this year at all. He didn't like actually come in and really make things great for them. But it's like Frank Reich is just the scapegoat here. I mean, I mean, where's the patience level? And I, I think the Panthers have a one of the worst problems you can have as an NFL fan, which is your owner is creating the maelstrom. Your owner is creating the firestorm. Your owner is creating the problem. And right. I don't know how you get out of that. You don't get out of that because it's not solvable by firing anyone else. Like Tepper right now is the problem. Right, and he is fired between his MLS team. He bought an MLS team a couple of years ago, or it was an expansion, so they were building it up, but they started playing last year, and then he's got the NFL team. Between those two teams, in the last 18 months, he has fired four head coaches. That is not the interim. So he, he had his MLS team. He fired the coach after one season. Then he fired Matt Rule in the middle of last season. Then the MLS team made the playoffs, actually, and he fired that coach anyways at, after uh, one season. And now 
<laughs> you know, here, here's uh, Reich. And it's all fine. Like, obviously, like if you're in that press conference tomorrow, the question is like, well, why should we have any confidence you know how to pick a coach? Because you are self-admittedly terrible at it. You have said four different times, I'm bad at this. I need to fix my mistake. You gave, you, you said it, Matt Rule got a seven-year contract. Frank Reich got a five. They were the most expensive coaching net staff in history, Frank Reich, with all these assistants. So he's bad at it. Why, why should you be any good at it? And it's not even Frank Reich's fault necessarily when the reporting from Adam Schefter was that he wanted C.J. Stroud or, or Anthony Richardson. There was differing reports on that, that Frank Reich did not want Bryce Young, but that the, the owner did. And so that is just as, as messy as, as humanly possible. And you saw it. I mean, I watched the game yesterday and you could just see Frank Reich on the sideline, just his body language. And he was just struggling. It was it was tough for him. And then when you think about that kind of stuff, you know, this is his last chance. Let's face it. This is Frank. You got fired by two straight teams in back to back years. He's not getting another head coaching job. It's a, it would be a stunner if he did. Do you want and, do you want a quote from him to, to Scott Fowler of the yeah, Charlotte love to Observer hear today? The quote was, this is probably the final chapter of my NFL journey. That, that's such a sad and, quote. And that's sad. And, and you, if, if you only get one more bite at the apple, you kind of – and you get hired uh, as a guy that has a lot of experience both as a player and as a coach and, and the pedigree coming, uh, you know, before the Colts job from the Eagles. You, 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 I think what Tepper needs to learn is you should defer to people that know this business more than yourself – and maybe if you listen to Frank Reich and some other football people, uh, you have uh, Stroud or you have Richardson, who we don't know what he's going to be like. But we certainly know Stroud is uh, the dude. And I don't want to oversimplify it or repeat myself, but it is this is the other thing what I, that I imagine is massively frustrating uh, to someone like a Dave Tepper is if he just picks the other guy, none of this is probably happening. Now, I'm not saying Stroud would be in, doing as well in Carolina as he is in Houston, because there's a different uh, coaching staff down there, different players. Uh, but you get the feeling that if he, if he makes that decision differently, uh, we might, we are probably not in this situation. He's probably because, not fired, but I feel like it would still be a mess, but it wouldn't be the same. I don't mess. know, man. Like here's the thing, like, and he's going to some great quarterbacks in messes, you know, as rookie quarterbacks, he's sure. And, and, but I've seen a lot of quarterbacks too, Greg, like from my time as a Jets fan, when you're, when you're like at the bottom of the QBR list, there is coming back from it. You'll get Alex Smith. There's a couple of cases through the years, Stafford, Uh, Eli, like it happens, but it's also many times a a sign of uh, a bad sign. And, and he has been very bad this year, Bryce young. And hopefully someone comes in that connects with him. Uh, but young being this guy so far and the fact that they don't have a number one overall pick and the fact that Tepper is who he is like who wants this job this is not a very this is not a very attractive job on the open market I don't think yep that was my thought too was like it's gonna be tough to pull I at this point I would imagine Tepper wants to hit a home run you know from an optics standpoint and you're asking a coach to come in and work out of a corner because like I think like the the quarterback is the number one thing. And like Bryce Young, Daniel, I think you said it well, like last night, like he plays small. Like we, we, there's things you like about Bryce Young, but it's like the next coach, like what kind of coach is it going to be? That like you've been stripped of picks. Um, you traded away your number one wide receiver. There's very few weapons. Uh, the team has a disastrous offensive line and you're not sure the quarterback can play. Like 
anyone will take an NFL job at some point. But this is a rough ask. And it's like, you're not going to get a premier candidate. So like Tepper might wind up with someone even more unknown or riskier than even Frank Reich. And it's like, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's like, I, the Panthers are in a really rough spot right now, and it's because of ownership. Well, yeah, don't don't tell me, by the way, you, you didn't want to do this. You know, I know Ian is just reporting what, what they were saying. You know, Ian was saying, like, this was not the plan. He didn't want to do this. The hope was to make it to the end of the season. No, you did want to do this. You did it. You, it's literally the earliest coach been fired <laughs> in 40 years. You fired him faster than Urban Meyer. You couldn't wait to do this, so you did it. And I don't. Well, he didn't want to do it, but but, but he then he did, did it. want to do it because yeah. he did it. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted him. He wanted them to be ten and one right now. Uh, sure. There's a lot of things he wanted, but this, uh, but this that's is not the reality. From the context of like a couple weeks ago. Oh, I don't. I don't want to do it. Just man up. I I wanted to do it. I made a mistake. I don't. I don't even like hate that in a vacuum of like you're at this point. We don't need to like belabor that this isn't going to work. Let's move on. It, it actually might help. I mean, it helped last year when they hired Steve Wilkes. That's why they fell down to the ninth pick and had to trade up DJ Moore and uh, the number one pick to get the number one overall pick because he was so impatient last year. If you had let Matt Rule play out the string, you probably wouldn't have won all those games and you wouldn't have traded all those picks. Let's just go over some things that have happened with Tepper. He has a half-built facility in the middle of South Carolina. We keep hearing how, like, oh, he closes deals. Well, he didn't close that. It's literally a half-built building. He wanted Deshaun Watson, couldn't get him. That worked out well, uh, at least. Once they get Uh, the doors built on that facility, they're going to close them. (laughs) They're closing all those doors. Uh, he wanted Matthew Stafford. Remember that? They thought they had Matthew Stafford. They didn't They didn't yep. close that. They traded Christian McCaffrey. They turned down a couple high picks for Brian Burns last year. I mean, it's it's just, uh, it's depressing. It's a depressing um, and we'll talk more about uh, the Panthers on Wednesday, because guess what? We've been teasing this for a long time. It's been in the works. There was a scrubbed uh, pilot uh, edition of the program a couple of weeks back. Um, that was an editorial error on our part. But this time, um, this week, Wednesday, the premiere episode of Tepper B Talking. And again, stylized, that's Tepper dash, the letter B capitalized, dash, talking, no G at the end, uh, just the, the apostrophe there. Tepper B Talking, right. because he has a press conference, 1030 a.m. Uh, Eastern uh, on Tuesday. And I should just get, before we move on, uh, special teams coach Chris Tabor has been appointed as interim coach while offensive coordinator Thomas Brown, who just he right gave Brown play calling duties and then took them back. And now Reich's gone and he's once again um, on the play calling duties with help from senior assistant Jim Caldwell. Jimmy Caldwell still in the building. Also let go, by the way, Josh McCown, who once upon a time was being touted as a head coach who was didn't even need any uh, experience, just put him right up there. He's he's, he's canned. And also Deuce St- Staley, a hard knock star for the Lions last year, their running backs coach uh, who uh, jumped ship, went to Carolina, and that was a mistake. So a lot of mistakes being made around the Panthers. Ajiro Evero, who's a defensive coordinator, was also in the middle of that Broncos mess last year when uh, – Hackett got fired before the end of the season. So he he has had some tough luck in terms of the defenses he's coordinated. We have both played well. And you mentioned McCown wanted to skip right to the head of the line uh, and become a head coach without any 
you know, college or professional experience. The same uh, can be said for Greg Olson, the number one uh, analyst in the Fox booth, who's potentially getting bumped down to number two if Tom Brady actually uh, decides to broadcast. And he Uh is letting it be known through a source close to Greg Olson, who, you know, sounds a lot like Greg Olson to me from the outside, uh, that Greg Olson (laughs) would listen if David Tepper uh, was interested in offering him the Panthers. Oh, my God. He's trying to lure him with that, like, stinky Dan Campbell cheese. Listen, I'm a tight end. You like me. I connect with the players. Okay. I, by the way, that is made. If, uh, Dan Campbell coached in the NFL for about eight years, though, before he got that <laughs> yeah, coaching that, job. I know. But, but, you know, that's major points for uh, the side of uh, the coin arguing uh, Tom Brady's on his way to a booth because Olsen's already looking for a parachute. He's like, I ain't dropping down to number two. Well, yeah, Richard get a head coaching was, job. Richard Deitch and Joe Person. This was a, a joint uh, reporting. I should give them credit. Uh, for the athletic and Richard Deitch is their media journalist. And he said that the, it looks like right now, yes, Brady, you know, that is probably going to at least try it for, for a year. And that, that in that scenario, Olsen would be bumped down to number two. Oh, isn't that a shame for you guys? Mostly right now, Tom right Brady. now it's not, it's, it hasn't happened. It, you know, we'll see. That is a disaster, by the way, because Olsen and Burkhardt are excellent together. I don't under, I don't get why Olsen would want to leave what he's doing right now, where he is in a great spot, doing a great job to go take over a team in like disaster mode. I don't know. It feels very Jeff Saturday-ish to me. but Because he's butthurt, because old Tommy Boy is riding in to take his job. Well, or Greg and I have theories that, you know, that Tom Brady may never take that job. But, well, I, at this point, it sounds like, you know, what, he took a year off to study announcing, please? I think we have sandwich props on that one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I believe I believe we do. And uh, let's there, go, and Tommy. Another angle is like John Lynch. He, he uses some outside interest in returning to the league to leverage uh, a nice little raise there at Fox. But we'll see. Okay. In other news, Miles Garrett thought he heard a pop in his shoulder um, in Sunday's loss. To who, Mark? I'm blanking on it. The Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Uh, however, uh, according to Rap Sheet, the injury um, is not believed to be serious. The shoulder, quote, checked out. Okay, uh, and that is you know season saving for the Browns because there's you know you could take away Nick Chubb and somehow survive. You could t- take away Sean Watson and still chug along, but if you take away the great Garrett, I think the jig is up. So uh, hopefully uh, he will be healthy and his normal dominating self this week. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson not so clear after he took that wicked shot in Denver. Um, that could mean Mark. Uh, more of the other Cleveland quarterback, which we do not need to see more of. Well, I think I think it, it I think the big question is if they put Joe Flacco in there at this point, who was wearing a it's very <laughs> odd to me, very odd to me to see a Joe Flacco in a a Browns uh, hoodie on the sideline yesterday. That did not feel Can't right to it. me um, on any level. But you know, I think if we were in a world where it the MVP race wasn't just simply like who the best quarterback is, um, which it just, that's all it is at this point. Um, Miles Garrett, 
is in that world. Like for Cleveland, in the, in, if you look at what he's done for the Cleveland Browns, I think he's in that kind of you know, space where he's won them games where I think in years past, like he's been more of a TJ Wattish type character this year where he's had major, like an incredible impact game after game yesterday. He watching him, he couldn't lift his left arm at all. Like they were trying to like teammates were attempting to give him a high five. He had to switch his body around and high five with his right hand. So I thought like we were going to get devastating news today. So this is quite a boon for the Browns who you're right without miles Garrett, um, check you later. We can't have Joe Flacco on the field in 2023. Come on, it's right across the sidewalk. We 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 actually might all have to go. Watch we might have to. Joe Flacco. He is the in ultimate. a meaningful game too. They they're seven yeah. and four. The Rams are, I, are trying to get in the mix. I had to watch Joe Flacco in games that counted last year for my team. Joe Flacco can throw still throw a tight spiral as many old dads can, but that man is the ultimate Stone Age pony in the pocket and even worse if you even sniff around him in the pocket if it gets a little bit money muddy that ball goes flying i i'm i still stick to the theory i was sharing with you yesterday in the newsroom mark that flacco doesn't want to play he's like no i just i miss the guys i miss i miss being in the buildings i miss the meetings the camaraderie but don't put me in no he looked very comfortable just sort of like hanging out in street clothes you know as part of the collection part of the crew um Suddenly you're in a game where you're getting like destroyed by just like a hammered. 240 getting, pound defensive end. No, just getting smoked by guys born in 2002. Aaron, and it's just like, we're Aaron not Donald. No. How about Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald. Like, yeah, come meet Aaron no, no, Donald no, 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 four no. days from now. That'll be fun. And think about it. Like with, with Flacco, his Johnny United's biopic fell through. And at this point he already thought he would be, you know, knee deep in his Hollywood career. And, and since that never took off, He's just looking to fill the void, and that's just being in buildings and being around the guys, being in locker. I will room, tell you, I've mentioned this before, pop. but like in the when we went to the Super Bowl in New York, and on you know that night as we were leaving, we were I think we we're the last people to leave that stadium. It started to snow, and Greg um, had verbal words with our taxi driver who tried to like get gas in the middle of that trip and overcharge us. But the next day, it was snowing pretty heavily, and I was walking down the street outside our hotel, and Joe Flacco. like came out of a you know swinging door and it was like like other quarterbacks that you just think on the sideline look like average dudes like he was a strapping like handsome man so he's 10 times cooler in person than you'd think just by looking at him in a hoodie on the sideline so we'll see but a him on the browns makes no sense he's mark's type no, but him be- on the Browns makes no sense, right? We, it's no, one of the most jarring, bizarre things that makes no like. I mean, it's almost as weird as as Carson Wentz taking snaps for the Rams uh, on Sunday. They didn't let him throw the ball, but they just watching him run out onto the field. What if we saw? I mean, I do not want Matthew Stafford to get hurt or anything, but maybe he has to go to the bathroom for a second. We see a little Wentz versus Flacco in twenty twenty three. I know we should move on, but. I don't know how many, how many more times we're going to have a chance to talk about Joe Flacco. Super Bowl 47, Superdome. The Ravens have just pulled it off. And Joe Flacco just won Super Bowl MVP after one of the greatest postseason runs by any quarterback ever. It happened. Look it up. And Mark, you and I snuck on the field at the Superdome. It was right before they did that thing where you have to scan your badge to get onto the field. Like 
uh, and we kind of I remember we 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 ducked through these curtains because the Superdome, you know, is kind of a dump in some respects, uh, and they didn't have a they didn't have it secure. So we kind of snuck through these curtains, got on the field right after the game with the confetti and the cannons and the celebrations all around us. And uh, there's Joe Flacco, and and uh, next to him is one of his brothers. And uh, Joe looks, taps his brother on the shoulder in like a quiet moment on uh, during the celebration after they did the riser stuff, and and pointed at this this beautiful 2013 or 2014 Corvette that was given to him for being the Super Bowl MVP, and he goes, "Hey, that's my f- car." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty cool. I love it. Must be cool to be a quarterback and have success. All right. Let's uh, move on. That's my f- car. Maybe the best ah! half of football. I. It is my answer for the, the the first half of that game is the best half I've ever seen any quarterback play in, in person, period. It's not even close. This is outrageous. It was outrageous. So Garrett expected to play Sunday. Uh, DTR uncertain. Uh, Shaq Lawson, a brutally frustrating a loss for the Bills on Sunday. And imagine... Um, a loss like that. And then you're in Philly with all those fans everywhere there, and they're giving you a hard time. Uh, he ends up Lawson. Um, he got caught on video uh, in a confrontation with fans uh, during that game. And, uh, you know, I, did, I actually didn't have a chance to take a look at this, but he did apologize uh, and say he, he respects the game and he respects his opponents. Uh, he was giving his side of the story that, before the game, there was a fan behind our bench making life-threatening remarks towards us and our families. Whoever you are, Bradley Cooper, um, you got to cut that out, all right? This is just football. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was lines that shouldn't be crossed, Lawson said, and they were. And, you know, so obviously a, a very uh, emotional situation, and he shouldn't have used hands, but I could see it too. I have a feeling the NFL will react strongly to this because it's on video if it wasn't on video which no one had heard about it until you know some, right, I'm gonna some watch person it posted it on time. twitter um you know no one, he wouldn't oh, have no. gotten punished but this is this is the nfl's nightmare oh. is him getting right in his face right right in the front row as the the game ended i wonder if the fan came down even in further or if he was there the whole time but oh. uh, it's an ugly scene i'm looking at it now did he, he bumped him it looks like they were like in each other's face. You can't really tell from that angle. Maybe there was a little pushing, um, but thankfully it didn't go further. Than By that. the way, that fan sucks. Whoever you of are, course, you suck. Of course, yeah, of course. And, uh, I mean, this—it's a very—it's a high-stress environment, an emotional losers. game. Uh, you are there to watch a game, not taunt the players and try to get a reaction. You suck. Anyway, Alvin Kamara I'm with you. Um, Greg, set up this Alvin Kamara quote because the Saints are in very desperate straits right now. It doesn't seem like anything on either side of the ball is particularly uh, noteworthy, but it's the offense especially that is uh, in the crosshairs, an offense that has been failing miserably in the red zone and everything is hard and the quarterback is not getting it done and neither is anyone else really. Um, here's uh, Tell us about the Kamara words. Yeah, well, Kamara's been an interesting person to listen to this year because he's clearly just frustrated i i think it's not too hard to read between the lines of the leadership that you know there's some liking of tweets from michael thomas that would maybe indicate like they're not thrilled with the quarterback either in the coach but in this case i i thought he very pointingly in a way that you don't hear a coach or a player um almost call out directly his head coach in terms of the words that his head coach uses and, and he did that after the game on sunday now this clip 
is from Nick Underhill's site, New Orleans Football. But it, it's a special edited clip uh, from a guy on Twitter, Nola Flint, at E-F-L-Y-N-T. And uh, he had a little fun cutting it up. Let's listen to it. Just, I don't know. If we need to find a real fix, not just a, oh, we got to be better. Because that's going to be better every week. That's obvious. Like, let's, let's get past that. We already know we got to be better. How are we going to get better? What are we going to do to get better? <laughs> One day later. Yeah, look, I mean, does it need to be better? Yes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'd be the first one to stand up here and tell you that it needs to be that it needs to be better. And it really hadn't been quite where we needed to be in the last couple of years. So uh, it's going to continue to be an area that we'll that we'll address and try to work on and try to be better at. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we could use all that, but he's literally said, I'm sick of hearing you say we got to be better. Tell us how to be better. How are we going to be better? This is a man, Kamara. Uh, that was coached by Sean Payton, who I think is very good on the details, the small details of the game. And that's where the Saints are struggling, 29th in the red zone, all sorts of penalties. And he's like, give us some answers. We're not getting answers. I feel like the Saints, like this offseason, kind of made it clear outside of, you know, attempting to try to convince us that Derek Carr was going to help things, that they were very content with winning eight to nine games. Uh and Dennis Allen was that, sort of yeah. like the signal in the in the the symbol of that. And like I can't imagine a team that could have more changes coming this offseason. I could see a lot of transition. Uh yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about it. Uh we did the what you people don't realize. We are gonna see a lot of turnover in head coaches. We've already now seen two go by the boards, and we just crossed Thanksgiving. There are gonna be uh, you know potentially 10 changes here uh, by the time we get to January. It could be one of those real bloodbath uh, years. NFC uh, South feels like one coach survives, basically. Like, whoever wins the division, you keep your job. Maybe Arthur Smith could keep it if he, like, went 8-9 and nine and didn't win the division. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think that's the way it's going to work out. Imagine, like, having your dream job that you fought your whole life for, and it's coming down to whether Desmond Ritter can get you across the finish line at 8-9. and nine. That sounds love very it. stressful. That sounds like an ulcer waiting to happen. Uh, injury news. Uh, well, no, let's, let's hit some Raiders news. They cut Marcus Peters, the veteran cornerback. He had a pick six uh, a couple weeks ago uh, and was playing for them, but they had a team meeting. They had a meeting with him, and he was due, I believe, a million and a half in incentive <laughs> money if he played the rest of the season, and I think that played a role in the decision to part ways as the Raiders obviously are – not contending right now. Uh, Roderick Teamer, uh, he, he gets a DUI on a game day, uh, so uh, he gets cut as well. Yeah, maybe Peters ends up uh, with his old Ravens team. They could use a cornerback. And, and then he would play like he was 26 again. I could see it. The Jags put uh, left tackle Cam Robinson on injured reserve. Uh, Dolphins left tackle Teron Armstead is week to week. Uh, we'll see uh, where he comes down. Uh, health-wise, and anything on that, boys? Well, I feel like every couple of weeks we have our, like, wow, Teron Armstead, they're just not the same without him. And um, and Saints fans can kind of mention, like, this was their experience with him, too. Great guy, but almost never plays more than eight to ten games. And they really aren't the same offense without him. And that's a big loss for the Jaguars, too. They're, they're starting left tackle, even though they have some good depth there. And finally, uh, Joe Shane. He... Uh, uh, came out and did a press conference. He's the general manager 
of the New York Giants. And uh, he said something that I guess raised eyebrows. It did little, a little bit less for me, and, and we could talk about it after uh, listening in on his words today. I think we're going to have to do something in the quarterback, um, whether it's free agency or, or the draft. I mean, just where we are, Tyrod's um, contract's up. You know, DeVito is obviously under contract, and Daniel, you know, we don't know when he's going to be ready. So, you know, just from an off-season program standpoint, you know, I think um, that'll be a position that we'll we'll have to look. Um, again, there's different avenues, free agency or the draft, but we'll, we'll have to address it at some point. It was also said uh, by Shane that the expectation is Dan- Daniel Jones will be the starter when healthy. But, listen, we've been doing this for a while. That's that's what they, they almost always say, and, they, and, that, and that allows you to kind of cover yourself and also – uh, you don't have, you don't get accused of lying because in the moment you're saying the expectation is that he's our starter, but then you go through an off season where you check out what's in the free agency market, the trade market and the, in the draft market. And it could be very different. I'd be surprised quite frankly, if the giants end up with a top five pick and don't pull the trigger on a QB. I don't think you can go into next season. If you're Brian Dable trying to sell Daniel Jones, uh, to the fan base or to yourself. Uh, I think he's you know, like, you know, they came out of a year where he was the most productive version of Daniel Jones and got the contract, but it's like, they're going to be in position to draft someone. Um, they're going to be a number of quarterbacks that are available via trade. And it's like, he'll at least have um, intense competition for the starting job because I'm not convinced he's a reliable starter on any level. Well, their win, you know, that we talked about on Sunday was, was really potentially huge for their draft position. And then the bears winning tonight is another team. There's, there's quite a bit of separation now between the top three picks, Carolina at one win. Uh, obviously that's the bears pick. And then the Cardinals and Patriots at two wins, everyone else, including your jets has four wins. Uh, so the jets are even in the mix for, for like a top five pick at this point. There's a lot of teams, but there's some separation say. there like Arizona and the, and the Patriots and then the the Bears are a pretty strong one, two, three right now. And they, they would have both, all have to win multiple games to, to fall out of that. If the season ended today, I'm on the great tankathon.com. Uh, it would be top five would be Chicago uh, from Carolina, Arizona, New England, Chicago again, Washington. I'll give you the top 10. Giants at six, Tampa Bay seven, Jets eight, Chargers nine, Tennessee 10. Where things stand right now. And yeah, picks four through 10, I'll have four wins. So get excited. We got How about race. that, Greg? How about that uh, That week 18, Jets at Patriots? That's a wild one. Because <laughs> the Jets, it's probably the Jets' last chance to beat Bill, beat Bill Belichick, which they, uh, outside of one miraculous playoff win, could never do and the Patriots need to lose that game most likely, but they literally can't lose to the jet. They've been trying to lose to the jets for a couple of years now and they still can't. Right. They can't beat the giants no matter who, who they throw out there. Uh, and they can't lose to the jets. And I, and I thought I would just from, you know, I would have guessed I would have been one of those fans that could actually root against, you know, the, the team I grew up uh, rooting for in a situation like this. Cause I do know, it would be bet. I really do want one of those quarterbacks that would get me excited. Uh, 
But when it came down to I can't root against the team when they're on the field against the, the Giants. I still wanted them to win until the game's over. And then you're like, especially okay, the Giants. Yeah, especially the Giants. But until the game's <laughs> over, but really any of the games. And then you're like, OK, actually, now that that's a half hour old, uh, that's probably good that that actually happened. But it, I, it, how can you root against your own team? It doesn't can I just sense. double back, Mark? I I can't I came too strong there. I, I feel like the Daniel Jones things maybe has a little more. God, they just gave him this huge contract. And the whole season was a loss season. He gets hurt. Are they going to bail on him? I know there's only one year yeah. of guaranteed money left beyond this year. Yeah. But also, Dable is can, now. If, if Dable can. really does like Jones, and I would imagine he liked him a lot because he had to be fully on board, you would imagine, or, or yeah, uh, with the no, decision. No, I, I don't. I don't money. think there's. I don't like. It, first of all, like the kind. The contract is what for. Like, they're tied to him for one more year. I think it just depends what other opportunities come up. Like Brian Dable. After this season, I mean, assuming it just continues in the skittish fashion that it's been in, like you're coaching for your job next year. Like, do you tie your job to Daniel Jones? I would not. I would no, look I around. Did this, he did. I mean, what I'm saying is three months ago or whatever, he was perfectly comfortable with it or four months ago when they whenever the contract was handed out. I, did they did he lose the faith of the team that quickly? I guess it, it's certainly certainly. And maybe they're trying to thread the needle, Greggy. Maybe they're they're looking at like the old the old um, Chargers model. And it's like, well, we got Drew Brees here, but let's draft Philip Rivers. And then if Drew Brees plays well, we could trade him and then give Phil, you know, maybe they're hoping they can maybe Jones is still involved next year. And then they have a backup ready to roll either way. I don't know. Yeah. I think they want to be ready. I think they will absolutely get a quarterback if at all possible. But if they have the sixth pick, are they going to maybe trade picks up to get a quarterback? No, then having Daniel Jones maybe changes that and we'll see what veterans are available. But I always thought as, as I usually do with quarterbacks and the giants that ownership was involved in, in that contract. I think they were big. They're big fans of Daniel Jones getting that thing over the finish line. And, and it's only one more year and this year could not have been any worse. Dan. I mean that if, if he had had this year, a year ago, it's not like it would have been a decision. You know what I mean? So, and he's coming off an ACL. I don't know. I'm not a huge Danny Dimes guy. And I always thought it was a little weird that like the last four games and a playoff game before the Eagles loss, that's really what got him paid when he got hot there. I thought more than anything else, it always seemed weird that he got the deal, but I don't know. They got a big decision to make. Uh, anything else boys? Not particularly uh, for right, me. Good. Has, has the Christmas parade, ended mark yeah like the, what time did you get what? into your uh, apartment mark 11 something <laughs> 11 something like uh you now know you where could, I you could have like parked like a mile away and then like walked or something like that right? i could if you, have if you uh, really needed to get back for some reason right i i live in They're a not magical blocking you right i live in a Producer magical Eric, you there? place but uh <laughs> this was a disaster so i am what's up like I don't know, I don't know this because I don't produce. But could Mark have like jumped on on his phone from the car if he's sitting um, in traffic anyway? If he really like cared? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> I don't want to throw you under the bus, but I think um, I want to say we had Bonetta on her phone at one point in the Friday Fun Show last year too. She had dropped Precedent out, but, established. But no, Look, I will also say, I will say I've been in the Hollywood area. The yeah. signal out there probably would have been a nightmare, and it would have just created problems. So I will give him that. So. Yeah, it probably could have been done. You the said what you said, producer Eric. Done, so. Sorry, sorry, Mark. Thank you, Eric. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Have a nice night. Uh, All right, everybody, it. have a nice yeah. night. We'll be back. Uh, check out NFL Plus. 
uh, where we broke down Eagles Bills. And uh, we'll be back Wednesday. It's Connie Fox Wednesdays. Uh, and the premiere episode of Yes, Tepper Be Talking. Uh, so you can't miss that. Till then, heed the call. Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.